believe I can't sleep. It's time to listen to Courtney at last on the ramblings of an insomniac podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 49 of the ramblings of an insomniac. 49. I like that. That's a good number. I am Courtney Perry. Thank you for tuning in. It's been, gosh, like three weeks, three weeks, um, and it's been three weeks because uh, there has been a crazy amount of things going on in that time span, uh, which is what I want to talk about, actually. I want to talk about what has been going on and why it's been three weeks. So we'll just jump right on into it, shall we? I'm outside. And as you know, uh, this may or may not have interruptions. There is a bunch of stuff going on and activity down in the pole building right now. My dogs are outside. It's a semi, it's a gorgeous day out. It's just not necessarily warm, but it's gorgeous out. My neighbor's horses are outside. People are kind of out and about in their yards and stuff. So normally I am at work today. I have the day off because I am working the Wednesday before Thanksgiving And it is going to be a crazy, crazy day the day before. I'm going to need a lot of sleep and prayers. (laughs) It's going to be busy. So I have to day off because I'm working on Wednesday, which is usually my day off. So um, at any rate, I wanted to jump into why it's been three weeks. And as I said on my last podcast, I've been kind of going back and forth on If I wanted to share anything that's been going on in my life, um, I didn't really want to get too personal. I didn't really want to, um, I wanted to make sure people had privacy, you know, and so I've just been struggling. But at the same time, I wanted anybody else who may be going through the same thing to kind of know that um, there are people out there that get it, that understand. There's, there are other people going through what you're going through and, I thought maybe it'd be beneficial for those people. So I've been kind of going back and forth. And here's what I decided. I'm going to say this. There are families out there who have, um, there are people out there who have family members, um, partners that are maybe in the military, maybe in prison. Maybe they are fishermen or they just have some job maybe that keeps them away from home for long periods of time. And when you have a partner that's away from home for long periods of time and then they come back, it's a huge adjustment for both parties. It's a very big adjustment for both sides. And... Um, that's something that I have been struggling with for the last three weeks. I've been adjusting to having a partner back who's been gone for, you know, a good hunk of of time and it can really, um, change a relationship. It can make a relationship stronger. It could make it fall apart. It can, um, 
you know, people change sometimes for good or for worse. Um, and it just presents a lot of challenges. And um, it's funny because I'm an only child and I already have a really hard time sharing my space. I don't mind sharing things. I'm okay with with sharing things. Um, I will share clothes. You know, when I was a kid, I'd share toys, you know, all of that. Sharing is not a problem. I just, my space is something I don't like to give up. I don't like to share. I used to tease that my ideal living situation, if I were married, um, would be that we had a house next to each other and we hung out and we did things together. And then um, when we wanted our space and we wanted our time apart, we could just go to our own homes. That way, I could have things where I want things. I could put things where I want things. I could have them as clean as I want them. I can be as loud as I want to. And then that person could all do the same, have their things where they want to be as messy or as clean as they want, as loud as they want, all of that. And people just think I'm such a crazy person because I like that. I just, you know, my grandparents were married up until my grandma died and it was 63 years and they had separate bedrooms. And I believe I've said this in a podcast before, but I swear that's the key to a good marriage because you can do all the activities together. I'm not promoting being separate at all. I'm just saying you can have your separate space and you can have time to yourself. I, I fully believe that partners that spend 24-7, 365 days together, that's creepy, weird, and incredibly unhealthy. I think that if you constantly, constantly have to be around your partner, there's a trust issue, there's an insecurity issue, there's all kinds of problems there. Um, but back on topic is um, I've been having to struggle with this and I already struggle with things being where I want them. And um, I'm, I'm a pain in the ass to live with. I would not want to live with me because I don't, I just like things the way I like things. And so it's hard for me to, like I said, it's, I am very, I adjust easy. I don't mind sharing. I don't mind any of that. It's just living with someone's heart. So then when someone's away and they come back, um, it's just a hard process. So that's what I have been getting used to for the last three weeks and kind of, uh, getting to know your partner again and um, learning each other and figuring out if, you know, what if, what if you grow apart? That sucks. What if it could make your relationship stronger too, you know? Um, so anybody out there that has someone that maybe, like I said, for whatever reason, you have a partner who has gone for, you know, um, a sustained amount of time, a good hunk of time, and then comes back. Um, it's a hard thing. If you have partners in the military and stuff, that's a hard adjustment because you're also worried about their safety. You know, you're worried about the only way that you can communicate is through like email or maybe phone calls once in a while, limited phone calls. But when you don't have somebody to come home to and vent to, where you don't have somebody to help share the load with you know, cleaning the house or working on the property, or you don't have someone to help with parenting your children, or you don't have someone to feel safe and protected. Um, you know, someone to 
be here to help you feel safe and protected or, you know, that of course it's just, it's a hard thing not to have a partner around for many reasons. And you end up having to be that person. You have to be the protector. You have to be the maintenance person. You have to be the sole parent. You have to, um, be the one that goes to work. And no matter if you're tired, no matter if you're anxious, no matter if you're sad or depressed or angry, whatever, you still have to get up every morning because you already are down a man. So you can't afford whether you live in an apartment or not. You always have things to maintain. No matter what your lifestyle is, there's always something that you need to maintain, whether it's getting up every morning and going to work, you know, whether it's taking care of somebody else. What if you have a lot of people depending? What if you're taking care of your parent? What if you have an elderly parent that you're taking care of like I did? I had to do that on my own as well. I had to take care of my mom. I had to move my mom. She had dementia. She solely depended on me and I had to take care of her bills. And so again, I'm an only child and I'm very used to, there's benefits of being an only child. You get used to doing those things, you know, and you get used to not having somebody to vent to. You get used to kind of finding your own coping skills of being alone. Um, but, you know, people say only children are weird. Maybe we are. Maybe we're weird because we don't have people to, you know, to pick on us or us to pick on and have an outlet of someone to be angry with and talk to and be sad with and and share that common bond of not having that person around. You know, it's it's a hard thing, but, you know, um, but it makes you stronger and it makes you more grateful Um it makes you mentally stronger. It makes you physically stronger. It makes you more appreciative of others and appreciative of your time. So it's all good. Um, so I wanted to share that um, I have a partner who unfortunately um, was accused of doing something that they did not do. Um, this is a fact, this isn't my opinion. And through things I will not get into, he ended up having to plead no contest and getting put away for four years for something he did not do. And now he has severe depression and PTSD, um, anxiety, a lot of stuff. And he has met with numerous psychiatrists for many hours. And they also agree that he definitely is not this person and he has a right to be very angry and upset and four years of his life have been wasted. Four years of my life have been ripped away from me and neither of us will get those things back. And obviously it's been incredibly difficult for both of us. And there are issues that follow after that. Um, before this happened to him, there was a pre-trial thing. And, you know, that means that that was three years of our lives that we had to wait for a court date and we had to wait through red tape and wait through a bunch of stuff. And, you know, it makes you look at the United States and our judicial system. Our system is very flawed in a lot of ways and also great in a lot of ways, but it certainly could use some revamping. Um, our prisons are overcrowded. They're very crowded. Um, it's been statistically proven that prison does not, it doesn't rehabilitate people. We actually need 
to start, I feel, focusing on mental health uh, very young. It's we need to get people into counseling at a young age um, and try to prevent addiction and different um you know, issues before they become like so big and so huge that you can't stop them. And then pretty soon this person is a teenager or an adult and has been feeling this way for a long time and has had no medication, whether it is natural or whether it is chemical, whether it is exercise and breathing or whatever it is. But if this person has not been able to be diagnosed or had a good outlet, then most likely their problems are going to get bigger and then our prisons end up overcrowded. And then that does not usually prevent someone from going back to, I mean, from staying out of prison. Usually once you're in prison, you're part of the system and you go back. So we definitely need to figure out, and then our taxpayers are paying for this. We need to figure out how to, of course, prevent people from going, getting into the system in the first place. Again, even with homelessness, homelessness right now is such a huge problem and we can't really fix it because it's so bad right now. Most of these people statistically, again, are not going to be saved, you know. So our prison system, I have learned and how we do things is extraordinarily um, flawed. And I do know that there are people in prison that are innocent. Um, and then there are definitely overwhelmingly, um, more people that are in fact guilty. I know there are more guilty than innocent. And I certainly believe in consequences. I certainly believe in accountability. I also believe in consequences. So at any rate, that has been why I have not, uh, doing my podcast. I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around having my partner back and all that entail that all, all that entails um, for him and I. And I don't want to really get into it. And I hope this doesn't change anyone's opinion of me or think that there's something terrible. I'm not with some, you know, horrible person or anything. Um, this was something that he he didn't do. It's a long story. I should get into it. I'm sure there are people with a lot of questions and going, well, that's intriguing and weird. But um, It's quite the story. I want to focus more, though, on our system and how it can be changed. Same with assisted living and our system and how COVID and the bills and policy and regulations that went into that and how that can be changed. Um, America has so many amazing. Um, we have so many amazing um, qualities, but. Unfortunately, how we treat our elderly, um, our prison system, and how we treat our veterans definitely could use some uh, revamping for sure. Um, Those are some things that I want to focus on and bring attention to. How we treat our veterans, well, our military as a whole, how we treat our elderly, and I'm not saying how we treat our prisoners because I'm not trying to say that if you've committed a crime, you deserve to be sitting in the lap of luxury. I'm just saying there is also such thing as being humane. If you're going to kill someone or put them in prison, I feel that having food that isn't green and moldy and killing you is not a lot to ask for. But um, 
I also believe in capital punishment too. So it's kind of this, I don't think there's a black and I don't think it's black and white. Like I said, I really think very few things in life are black and white. There are some things that are black and white in my opinion, but very few and how we treat our prisoners. I think there's a gray area. I do think there's a lot of room for improvement. So I just wanted to be honest with you guys, let you kind of know some things that I've been going through and why it's been taking a while. And again, I will get more in depth about this. I will talk about it more um, on my future podcast. I will definitely get more into this and more in depth, but I kind of wanted to let you guys know that that's what's been going on. And that's um, why it's been taking me so long. I've sort of had some adjustments and things to get used to. So and then the last thing I wanted to bring up is since my fiance has been home, I've noticed that if you ask a man the, what goes into a dishwasher, I want all you men out there, I want everybody out there, not men or women, I just want you as a person to go, if I were putting dishes into a dishwasher, would I put every single thing in the dishwasher? Are there only certain things that go into a dishwasher? Do I scrub the dishes before I put them in the dishwasher? Do I just rinse them out a little bit? Do I just put them in with things caked on it? Because I've noticed I do not put things that are plastic in a dishwasher like Tupperware, for example, nor do I put pots and pans. I scrub and clean pots and pans and I wash them. I don't put them in a dishwasher. Same with Tupperware or plastic stuff. I don't put those in a dishwasher. And then the stuff I do put in a dishwasher, I have all of my spoons in one area, all my forks, you know, so all my silverware is separate so that when they're clean, I can just put them away, pick them up and put them away. I do rinse off my plates first and kind of give them a little scrub, 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 and then put them in a dishwasher. But it occurred to me that not everybody has the same of what they what they feel goes into a dishwasher may be different. So I'm curious, what do you put in your dishwasher? Just wanted to throw that out there. What do you put in your dishwasher? <laughs> anyway, hey, I appreciate you guys. I really do. I hope that the rest of your day, for me, it is a Sunday. So I hope you guys are having a fantastic day and thank you for listening to episode 49 of the ramblings of an insomniac. I am Courtney Perry and I will catch you later.